This is Synthroids Radio, episode number 106. And today we're talking about how to create your own wellness routine and get serious about making changes that last. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schirm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Schirm. Welcome back to this podcast. I'm your host, Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Yes, that's my mission with this podcast, is to help break you free of the traps and the lies, comparison and confusion, and step into what it really means to be healthy and to live a life with purpose. Yes, to live with health rather than for it. And today we're talking about just that, about creating your own wellness routine to finally step into something that is you, that you no longer have to fight and that you just do. Not to mention to dive into the longevity of it and help you make changes that will last. So today we're going to dive into what a wellness routine is and how this is different than 99.9% of other diets and strategies on the market today. We'll also talk about the most important factors in doing this and how to create your own wellness routine that you actually love. Not to mention, I've created a free handout to help you do exactly that over in the show notes. So you're going to want to make sure, head on over there, grab that, and start working on it as soon as this podcast is over. I can assure you, this is one of the most influential things that you could do for your health because it's about you and forming a lifestyle that works for you, not another diet strategy that's just all these strategies and rules that maybe don't even fit who you are and what you do. So rather than trying to conform to the next diet, we want to fit health into the life that you already are living and do it with joy because that's where change comes from. So we're going to do all of that. So make sure you head on over to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 106 to get that free download and more information in making a wellness routine that works for you. So do that either now or after the show is over and get started on that right away. But before we get into the show, I also have a few announcements that I want to make. One, the Nourish Planner, yes, the 2019 Nourish Planner is getting set to launch really, really soon. I just wanted to bring it to your awareness that yes, the Nourish Planner is launching another planner and every year I just feel like it gets better and better. Now, I might be biased, but really at the end of the day, the Nourish Planner has been a huge part of making my own wellness routine and sticking to it because it's the day-to-day action that I'm taking and I'm writing down and planning for in my nourish planner that has really helped me to make the most change in my life. So you're going to find as I go through this podcast that I'm often mentioning that writing things down makes a huge difference. And I am a full believer that there is something to taking pen to paper, to physical paper, and writing down plans and ideas and doing brain dumps, not just on another computer or another screen. In fact, your brain chemistry changes when we do things on a screen versus when we're doing things with pen and paper. Yes, you use more parts of your brain. You're actually more fulfilled and satisfied when you take pen to paper versus just typing things out on the computer. So there is reason behind taking pen to paper and actually writing this stuff out. Not to mention, you no longer have to store it in your mind and think about all these things that you need to remember when you could just write it down and they become less decisions that you have to make in a day. So I am a huge fan of the Nourish Planner. I think it is one of the most valuable tools that I have and that I use consistently and I want you to get your own. So make sure that you follow along at nourishplanner.com to get all the details on when the Nourish Planner launches and be sure to get yours right away. And the second announcement that I have has to do with another thing that I'm going through and I want you to join me. 
It's called The Simple Cleanse. This is a program that I designed after my whole health scare that I had a few years ago and really just sitting at rock bottom with my health and wondering how did I get here, one, how hypocritical I was to be a health provider and then lose my health. And what can I do to make it right? And one big thing that I learned through all of that is that my body does not do detoxification pathways well, and that I need to help create a better environment for my body to do what it's already naturally designed to do. So all of our bodies across the board are naturally designed to detoxify, and it happens every day. In fact, every minute of every day, our body is working on getting rid of excess toxins and other junk and metabolites that are floating around in our bloodstream that don't need to be there. And that's what detoxification does. It's helping us to get rid of the excess that our body doesn't need to function and to function well. And the Simple Cleanse just comes alongside of you. It meets you right where you're at with three different levels of starting out and helps you to really create that environment to foster lasting health, to allow your body to do the job that it was designed. Now, the thing that I love the most about the Simple Cleanse is it's not just about the food that you eat. And especially there's no tinctures or supplements or anything crazy that you have to take along with this. This is merely a lifestyle change. And if nothing else, it can help set you on the right foundation to really make lasting change work for you, to really understand your body and become more self-aware and see what's working and what's not. So the Simple Cleanse isn't just a diet program, which that it comes with meal plans and other things that are so helpful on this process, but it's also a lifestyle transformation and helps you to get into your mind to rejuvenate your life and really live with health. Not live for health, but live with it. So coming up in September, at the end of September, I'm gonna start going through the cleanse and I want you to join me in a private Facebook group with additional classes to really help you out along this journey. I really believe that fall is one of the best times to help detox your body and cleanse your body, kind of like you would do a spring cleaning or a deep cleaning in the fall or winter to get ready for the next season. That's when our body is primed and ready to do this. And so why not take advantage of that, especially before the holiday season? Who knows? You might get rid of your cravings, have more energy, sleep better, and overall just feel better moving into the holidays, which will help you make better decisions day in and day out. So if you want to be a part of the Simple Cleanse, make sure you head on over to the show notes, simpleartswellness.com backslash 106 for more information and sign up for my email list because I'm going to be talking a lot more about bonuses and specials that you can do in joining me coming up at the end of September. But before then, I have a few free classes that I want to help teach you more about metabolism and how your body works so you can understand, is this something that you really need or is it not? So stay tuned, get on my email list, plus there's lots of other goodies on there as well, and stay tuned for more information coming up about those things. Now, let's get right to the class because that's what you're here for, to learn how to create a wellness routine. Now, here's the thing about wellness routines and that it's so different than other diets and strategies is that we have all these diets and strategies and we know how they work, right? We follow a specific plan, specific rules, count things, portion things, maybe exercise for a set number of hours a day, taking shakes and tinctures and all those things. And here's the thing. Not all of those things are harmful for our body. In fact, there are a lot of good practices and tips that we can take from diets on the market. Like they are doing things well and right. The problem is, is that when we zoom out on life, 
we get a much different perspective in that diets and strategies are really working to only control our diet and our movement. But when we zoom out, we realize that our life and our health is much more than just what we're eating and how we're moving. In fact, that's just a small percentage of our life. The other percentage is how we're stressed and how our mindset is and all this stuff that we've been going through in the mindset series this summer. And I wanted to wrap up that series with this podcast about creating a wellness routine. Because more than diets and more than another strategy or a program, a wellness routine really helps to look at your life and make health a part of that. Rather than trying to conform your life around the next diet or fad program on the market, we can really look at your life and think, okay, how can we incorporate health practices in to what I'm already doing? Because to me, that's more realistic, that's more satisfying, and at the end of the day, that's what the lasting health is, is not trying to fit your life around something that is so static and so immovable, but rather trying to fit but rather fitting health into the life that you're already living because that's what's realistic for you. So today we're gonna talk about how to do that and the most important elements in doing that. And personally, why I love a wellness routine so much is that it's not static, is that it can grow with you and change with you in different seasons of life. And most importantly, it creates awareness to how you're feeling and to what your body needs. So we're gonna talk about all that as we get into this. But I really wanna back up and say, okay, What is a wellness routine and how can I make this work for me? So when we look at a wellness routine, like I said, this is zooming out on life and looking at your life as a whole and understanding who you are and what it is that you need. Now, as we've been going through the mindset series, I hope that you've learned a ton and I really just wanna pull it all together and help you to understand that the biggest element and point that we can take away from the mindset series is that change occurs via an emotion. It doesn't happen because we want to or because we think we should be doing or because our best friend saw success on it or we just feel like we need to, right? It can't happen because you have your daughter's wedding coming up or a class reunion or um, to look better in family pictures. Like none of that is motivating enough for you to really create lasting change. And I know this, I've watched people, I've watched myself try to play these games with my mind of, you know, I'm just here, I need to lose weight uh, for this event or to go on this vacation. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with using that as motivation, but if we really get to the heart of it, none of that is driving enough to really see people make change based on it. Like I see people all the time who say those things and really in the end, never, actually achieve what they've set out to achieve. And my philosophy goes along with all these podcasts and experts who've been on the show to tell you it's because there's not enough of the right emotion driving the action, right? It's all these things we think we should be doing or we want or we wish we could have rather than the things that we deep down desire. Now, you might be wondering, okay, what is the difference, right? And I've I've struggled through this too. Like, what is the difference between wanting it and desiring it? And I think it comes to the emotion attached to it. I think often when we wish we had something or we desire something, there's still that negativity of, I don't like who I am today and I want to change that. You know, like we look at where we are right now with negative eyes, a negative view, which creates a negative emotion driving us into change. And we know that negative emotion doesn't work to change us. Like it's not impactful enough. And in fact, it can often stall us and allow us to repeat the same vicious cycle day in and day out, right? Those negative thoughts that we have about our body 
Um, And pushing ourselves to want to be better and relying on willpower only goes so far until we crash back into that vicious cycle and then we quote unquote deserve it or we're just emotional eating, whatever it is, because we just feel bad about ourselves. So I think there's a difference, right? Yes, you might want it out of a positive view of going on a vacation or something, but I think when we have those thoughts of want and or need to or wish you could, it stems back to a negativity on where you are now. Now, when you really desire health, I think it comes back to creating a value, like you really value who you are right now. So I think change, to say this more clearly, change is based on how you view yourself right now. Even if it's not where you wanna be, it's how you view yourself now. Do you value, do you respect who you are, do you respect what your body can do, and do you really believe deep down that you can change, not based on another diet or program, but that you and your body has the ability to change and to be healthy. So I think we have to look at the inside rather than have eyes that constantly look on the outside of our body and recognize who we are, what it is that we want, why we desire it so much, and from there, we can start to see positive change. Like our inside changes our outside. Our outside never changes our inside. And it works the same way when people wanna get healthy and they lose all this weight going on a diet plan and their appearance might change, but it doesn't mean the inside of their body and the health of their body has actually changed. We see a lot of people who've lost a lot of weight who really don't change health-wise. Like statistically speaking, these people could just be as unhealthy with less weight as they were at higher weight. But if we start to change the inside and really see who we are as a person and what our body needs and create change based on that, that's where we see lasting health. Lasting health comes from an inward change going outward, not the opposite. Like it just can't happen. And I think it goes back to that mind map that we created a few weeks ago where we have, you know, the three circles and the innermost circle is your identity and living for your identity. And then the outer circle was your performance, like your actions that you take. And then finally, the outermost circle is your appearance. Like so many people make habits based on our appearance rather than making habits and and routines based on our identity. And we have to switch that. So the first step in understanding what it means to create a wellness routine is to know who you are and what your identity is. Like know your desires and what you really want. Not what you think you need, not what you wish you need, but what you really want. And that's step one. And that's why this is so different. And I hope that you can start to see that once you understand that, and you really grasp that and you really desire that and value who you are, you can start to see how mentally it becomes easier to make those changes because you actually want it. It's not a routine or or a structure that you think you have to follow and whenever you fall off, you fail. No, this is a process, a journey of learning more about yourself and your body and being self-aware to that. And so that's what we're going for is like that true lasting change of knowing who you are on the inside and how you can start to add positive things to your life. It doesn't mean pushing yourselves or going to extremes or quick weight loss. Like if that's what you're looking for, this is not the plan for you. Like this is not what you should be doing because this is going to be slower but lasting change that really does work at the end of the day. That's a really long answer to what a wellness routine is. 
but there are two critical components that you have to know in order to create a wellness routine for yourself. And the first component is, is that you have to have some sort of self-awareness. Now, this is really hard in a world that we live in is that we see everyone's external appearance and we instantly want that, but we forget that they've all gone on a journey and they all have baggage to carry. And so even if we wish we had that, we don't understand what their journey was and the baggage and the hurt that they had to go through to get there. But rather, we can't just jump from A to Z right away. Like we all have to go through this process. So rather than just looking at something else or wishing you had something else, really turn inward and start listening to your own body. Even all the diet recommendations, right? I can give you a ton of diet recommendations, but it doesn't mean it's right for every single one of you. We have to know ourselves. And so you have to create self-awareness, not just with your mindset, which is huge, right? Being aware of mentally how you're doing and spirituality, like how your soul is doing, but you also need to be aware of how your body's reacting to the environment that you're giving it. How is your body reacting to the food that you're providing it? I was just talking with my husband last night and we were just saying how we had these plans to wake up earlier in the morning and really get on board with our wellness routine. Well, life happened and we really didn't have a great plan laid out. Like it was all thought, it was all talk, but we didn't have it sketched out and and detail what that looked like. And that's that sounds really rigid right now, but bear with me. I'm not a structured person, but I think if there is a value to being disciplined in that, that really does make a difference. So anyways, we were talking and we were both just saying like, yeah, we, we had these ideas and we had talked about it, but neither one of us really did it. Like I hit up some Starburst hardcore last week and that is just not something that I do, but it was just the chaos of school kind of starting and me and trying to work with kids home and it was just, it was a madhouse. And not to use that as an excuse, because I think once you get into a wellness routine, no amount of life circumstances should really trip you up, right? Like this should just become something you do. Well, I wasn't in it enough and I didn't have a deep enough plan to really allow myself to succeed. So like we were just up against a losing battle. So last night we were talking and he kind of mentioned like, I really do know that if I'm not feeling well, I can look back at what I ate the day before and know, yeah, like that food created this problem. But then we were talking like, why isn't that feeling, like that feeling of just sluggishness and brain fog and just feeling bad enough to really change us long-term? Like it's, it's not enough, right? And it's because we have to go through an extraordinary amount of pain in order for people to really change based on that uncomfortable we can deal with, right? Because instant gratification in many people's mind creates more endorphins and more feel-good hormones than the longevity of giving something up, even though long-term you're gonna feel good, right? We're an instant gratification society. Like, we love that. And so, for me, those Starbursts that I had, like, instant gratification, like, it tasted really good in the moment, and it satisfied that. Long-term, though, it made me want more and more, and I kind of got myself back into the sugar train of having more cravings and needing more and um, being hungry more often and just feeling sluggish. And so I know that, yes, while it didn't cause great harm and great stomach distress or anything like that, like sometimes I wish it had, but it was enough for me to be aware of this isn't feeling good to me. Like this isn't feeding my body, nourishing my body and making me really have ultimate amount of energy. Um, And so we were just talking about that and just how critical it is to be self-aware. But my husband did say, like, I feel like over the course of the summer, I have become more aware of the things that I'm doing and how they correlate to how my body responds in the next day or the next hours. Like, I'm really starting to link what I'm eating, how I'm exercising, the things that I'm doing, how much sleep I get, how I feel 
the next few days. And I'm like, yes, that is what we're going for because that really creates that change in our mind. Like once we start being aware of what we're doing and the biofeedback signals that we're getting from that, that can change our game. Because then rather than listening to all the society and what we believe, we can start listening to, okay, what it is about my body and what can I do to help it? Because here's the thing, and I think that there's there's some structure that we need and there's discipline that we need to get started right away. And we're going to talk about that. But long term, our lives are constantly changing. Our environment is constantly changing. The age of our body is constantly changing. And so our need and our drive is changing, right? Like it's going to change throughout the seasons and what our body needs nutritionally and what it can handle and what it can't and exercise wise, like that's all changing. And so we can't get so stuck in a diet plan and a strategy, even if it worked for a short time and think it's going to work long term. It's not what works long term is listening to your body and making changes based on that. Because you might go through a week where you do feel more sluggish, like where you have more stress at work or more home life stress, and you need to be more aware of managing that stress rather than just trying to suppress it and do what you think you should be doing, like where I got stuck last week. I should have been more concerned about, okay, there is a lot of stress load rather than maybe trying to push myself with exercise only to not wake up because I'm too tired anyways. What if I had planned my mornings differently and got up and journaled and had a hot cup of tea before the kids got up? Like, what if I changed my mindset to something that seemed really enjoyable and really relaxing? Would that have changed the scope of my day? And I really believe it would have. So rather than push, 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 work, 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 be busy all the time, what if we really just step into, okay, this is the season that I'm in and this is how I can fit in the things that I really wanna do and still find enjoyment in it. It doesn't have to be so static and so strict that you can't live your life. That is what we're going for. And I hope you're like, yes, I want that. And so one, you have to be self-aware. You have to listen to your biofeedback signals. There are tons happening in our body and just how our mind feels. So some things that you can ask yourself, like after you eat food, did it leave me feeling bloated? Did it give me energy or did it make me have brain fog? Uh, Did I get a stomach ache? Did I get gassy? Did I get um, constipation or irritable bowel? Or did it make my mind foggy? Did it make me moody? Like, Ask yourself all those things. Ask yourself after a night's sleep, did I feel rested? Did I wake up ready for the day? Like, was it hard to get up? Did I yawn all day? You know, was I wired at bed? I couldn't fall asleep. Um, There are so many biofeedback signals, like just starting to note them and keep track of them and listen to them. Because the more our body fires these things and we listen and make changes based on that, the more we're going to be able to communicate and hear our body well. And I know it sounds weird to communicate with your body, and maybe there's a better way to say that that's not so crazy, but that's really what we're trying to do is to listen to our body and provide what it needs. So for instance, working out. I never used to do this. I used to push myself and work out every day, sometimes multiple times a day, because that's what you do when you own a gym, right? And you teach classes all day. You just keep working out. But here's the thing. I push my body to extreme exhaustion. And now rather than waking up and pushing myself through a lot of pain, maybe instead of running 
three straight miles, I'll run walk if my body's feeling tired. Or if my muscles are super sore, maybe I'll switch to yoga instead of my strength routine. Or maybe I just need an extra rest day. So it's better to not overstress your body when you don't have to so that your body can heal and do the things that you can. Because even thinking like if I go back into my mindset and think, oh, if I push my body harder and harder, I'll see better results. Now, there is some logic to that, and there is a set of discipline that we do in some cases need to push our body a little bit more because our bodies can handle far more than we give them credit for. But at the same time, we can't push it so hard that a good stress becomes a bad stress, adding to more stress, which makes everything you do kind of a wash or negative. Even the good things can become that way. So we need to learn to de-stress our body or handle stress better because, especially for women, this is the number one influencer of hormones, of weight, of the health of our body is just stress. And that can come in all forms, even what we would consider, quote unquote, good stresses. So one is to become self-aware. Just listen to your body, examine your body. And if you don't know how to get started, some people don't even feel their hunger cues, just every After every meal or, you know, at the top of every hour, just take a moment, a minute to analyze how your body is feeling, like literally just quiet in the stillness to really feel your body and to see where your mind is. Not only can that help you make wiser decisions, but it can also help you to be more productive and live with more joy. So at the top of the hour, even if you have to set an alarm every 60 minutes, just take time to refresh and regroup. Maybe you're thirsty and you didn't even realize it because you were so busy in work. Maybe you need to stand up for a while and work. Maybe you need to go on a quick walk. Maybe you need a a pick-me-up, right? Another meal. So just kind of taking some moments to be self-aware. And then number two is that you have to have the willingness to change. And this is critical component number two. There's only two critical components to this, self-awareness, and the second one being you have to be willing to change. This is hard, especially if you grew up in the diet era. I look at my mom and I I have her full permission to say this, but she dieted, like yo-yo dieted almost all of her life. And for her to think about not being on a diet, I think it's fear-inducing, right? Like, we, we see this generation that hates diet so much and hates that it works partly, but it partly doesn't. But yet we're so paralyzed by the fear of not dieting that we can't imagine not being on a diet for the rest of our lives. And so we just continuously see them yo-yo dieting and jumping from one fad to the next fad to the next fad. But here's the deal. Being unwilling to jump off that board isn't so much about the diets failing. It's about your mindset failing. And this is all the mental game, right? And so if we can get ourselves onto the battlefield and defeat the lies that it like calories matter, that all these lies that we have that diets have pressured us into believing and really step back and say, okay, I trust my body knows best and that my body was designed to heal itself, that my body was designed to be healthy and that it wants health just as much as I do. To step back and to let go of all the diet nonsense of the rigidity of it and the strictness of it and the all or none mentality and just realize that you have to be willing to change because where you started dieting 20 years ago is no longer the phase of life your body is in. So while it might've worked then, it's probably not gonna work now. Like our bodies are constantly changing and that's where self-awareness comes from is listening to your body and being willing to change what you're doing to fit into that. The same goes like, 
We see this with uh, food sensitivities, right? There's a lot of people who are sensitive to a lot of foods, but over time you can heal some of those food sensitivities. So maybe you can go back to eating that, or maybe you'll develop more food sensitivities later on. Like if you get a bad sickness or you get a catch a virus, like some of these things can create additional food sensitivities. So maybe bananas used to work well with you and now they're causing bloating and you can't figure it out and why, like why a piece of fruit? Well, that can happen. Even good foods can cause bad stresses in the body. So we just need to be aware of that. So the two most critical things that you have to do in order to create a wellness program, and and really I just believe to be healthy in general, is one, to be self-aware, and number two is to have a willingness to change. So those are the big critical points. Now, how do you create that wellness program? I have a five-step wellness program to help you create something that lasts. Remember, all of this can be found in the show notes on that download that I have so you can actually work yourself through it. But I want to talk it out right here so you can start thinking about that. Number one is take an inventory of your life. Like I mentioned earlier, the biggest thing in creating lasting change is making it fit into your life, not conforming to it, but really having it fit these healthy changes fit into what you're already doing. So in order to do this, you have to take an inventory of your life and what is already working to see what you do in any given day and to understand what is working well, what isn't, what do you love, what do you not, what fills you up and what does it. So literally all you do is write out your day. I know this sounds like more work, but trust me, it opens your eyes to see a lot of things. Like maybe you're doing things during the day that don't fill you up at all and that you don't even need to be doing, right? And then you can add things in that fill you up. So you can't add things in until you understand what it is that you already do. Plus, I believe one of the greatest ways to make health changes in your diet is to see what you're already eating and just add in healthy things. Like we came from a generation of deprive and starve and restrict, but rather than that mindset, what healthy things can you add in? I'm all about adding the good in to overcome the bad. Like that's my motto. So take an inventory of your life, write it out, what it is that you do in a day, and then start to understand and circle and maybe make, take notes on what works well, what doesn't, what do you love, what don't you love. And then number two is make a list of those deep down desires. Like what is it that you really want? More than just a number on the scale, what is it that you're after? So really know your why. And number three is once you have your why, create those actionable steps to help you get there. So you have your big picture, right? And then next to it, you have your list of, okay, this is what I really want. I see my life, but this over here, this is what I want. And here are the actionable steps that are gonna help me get there. So you have all of that, right? For instance, I wanna get strong and healthy again. Ever since I got really sick a few years ago, um, before that I had owned a gym and I was strong, I was fit, I could run a lot. Like, I just wanna be healthy. Like, I don't need to work out two times a day. I know that there was a lot of unhealthy practices that I did during that time. I don't wanna be obsessive about working out like I once was, but I wanna feel that strong confidence again that I had. So I wanna get strong and healthy again. I My overall goal would be to run four to five miles without needing to stop, lifting weights and increasing my flexibility. So this is like eating an elephant, right? Like that sounds overwhelming to me. It might sound overwhelming to you. It might sound so easy to you. Wherever you are, like they say, the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. So instead of thinking about where I was, <laughs> where I want to go, I'm going to start thinking, okay, here's my overall goal. What is it really going to take to get there? Like, what is the daily practice needed in order to get there? 
So I've scheduled that into my week. I've written down, you know, I want to have two running days a week, three weight days, and a yoga day and a rest day. Like I know I need a rest day. Like I know I need a day off. I know it's unrealistic to think that I can do something seven days a week. Movement is always going to be a part of my life, walking more places, getting up and moving. But I know that without scheduling this, my day will fill up and it won't happen. I also know that thinking that I can do this later in the day, that's a joke for me, right? Like getting home, like when my husband gets home from work, well, then it's supper time and my kids don't want me to leave and it just turns into this whole ordeal. So I know that I need to wake up in the mornings to get this done before the day starts. And so I've scheduled two running sessions a week, three weight sessions, and one yoga day, which the yoga day I know that I can do with my kids because they actually enjoy yoga too. So I've scheduled those things and I've invited my friends to join me. I I know what excites me when I work out. I know I like to be around people when I do it. And so I found groups of people that I can immerse myself in and do this well. Not only because I know I'm not great at holding myself accountable when it comes to exercise, because there is something that I really enjoy, the camaraderie of being with other people when I do it. And so I know I've scheduled my weight days with other people. I have different people that I do my run days with and then yoga with my kids. So I've scheduled that all in. So I saw the overall goal. I broke it down into actionable things that I can do. And then I put it in my schedule where it would fit. Hope that's starting to make sense. Another example could be like, you really want to end your cravings. Like you want to get your diet in control and you know you need more structure, but you're just, you can't let it consume you, right? Like you work a full-time job, you don't have all the time in the world, but you want to get your diet in control. So rather than just relying on willpower, like you've been trying to do and knowing that that's gone by the afternoon hours, Instead, you start to look at your everyday life, right? What does it mean to look healthy? Like what things do you feel like would really fill you up? Maybe you wanna have more vegetables in your diet. Maybe you just wanna get rid of some of the processed foods and fill in with real foods, like whatever that looks like. Start to make the practical steps and then look at the food that you're already eating and realize how can I add in these healthy things that I wanna do to change my diet and make that work. So maybe instead of avocado toast, you have sweet potato avocado toast. You know, you're flipping out sweet potato toast for 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 bread. Maybe at lunch, instead of having the sandwich, you have soup and salad. Like you're making changes based on what you really want. Maybe instead of having that bowl of cereal for supper, you actually cook an egg hash. Like making small changes that over time make a big impact, but that is not so drastically different from the life that you're already living that it's unrealistic. So those are the first three. One is taking inventory of your life. Two, make a list of what you really want. Number three is to break that list of what you really do want down into actionable steps. And number four is to plan it. Like this is where I talk about using the Nourish Planner or any kind of planner or paper to physically write down your schedule. So taking the schedule that you already have and filling it in with things that you love that fill you up and that help achieve what it is that you really desire. And I think that there is something to planning it because just talking about it and just desiring it still isn't enough because here's the thing about life. And you already know this, right? Life has a way of filling itself. Like time, if you don't fill it, it will become filled with something else. And so making it a priority to fill that time and to set that time so that you don't have to think about it. It doesn't become a daily choice. It just becomes a routine. That's what we're really after is these things that you do that you don't even have to think about that are just part of your everyday life. And that's where we're going with this routine. So plan it, 
Write it out. Like for me, I know my alarm goes off at 5.15 every morning. And here's the thing about 5.15. It seems early, but I go to bed early. Like I know I need seven and a half to eight hours of sleep. So I give myself that much time to rest. And I set my alarm every single day for 5.15. Because if you flip, if you flip flop your circadian rhythm, it's really going to be challenging every day to wake up at that time. So I want to kind of train my body to get into that time. And then I work out first thing and then I come home and read before my kids get up, get ready, and then I start my day. And so I have this all laid out. Another thing that I started doing recently is because I was realizing that I was kind of chaotic this summer with breakfast and lunch and sometimes not having it or just cleaning up my kids' plate is that I really needed to just write out at least for a while what I was going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I'm a really big planner on meal planning my dinners because if I don't, then clearly we don't have the food and five o'clock rolls around and I have no idea what to make and I usually don't feel like making anything um, like everyone else in this world. So I plan out my meals so I know we have the groceries on hand, but now I also just started planning out my breakfast and my lunch. Not to say that I have to eat these, but this is just like my default of I don't have to think about it. I know this is already planned and I know I have the food on hand so I can just grab it and go. So for instance, I had a smoothie and a matcha for breakfast. I, for lunch, had taco salad and a yogurt parfait. And then for dinner, we're gonna have BLT salads with sweet potatoes. So I have that planned out and I just do that every day for the week based on what I'm batch cooking. So I know that planning it out, writing it out makes such a huge difference. And I don't know this just personally, there's a lot of signs to back this one up. And I think a podcast that I could do that I think you would enjoy would just be, why does writing make a difference, right? Why does putting it on paper make all the difference? And what I know is that it really does, mentally, scientifically, and it really does help create that routine and gets it out of your brain so you no longer have to worry about it. So that's number four. Number five is to tell others, like don't do this alone. Find a community of people who are on board with this, who wanna do this with you and help hold each other accountable. Because sometimes all you need is a good vent session. Sometimes you just need a reminder or a pick me up. Sometimes you just need a new idea to get you started again. So tell others and help them keep you accountable. And then number six is to stay committed. You are going to mess up. You are going to fall off. Things are gonna happen and you're not gonna be able to stick to it 100% of the time. Like you are human and that's a part of human nature. Nothing ever works perfectly. In fact, every day something is probably gonna come up realistically that could make you fall off, quote unquote, your routine. But here's the deal. Stay committed to it. Like don't let that be the end of you. Don't wait to start again. Like restart right away. That's one tip that I can give you to staying on board is to master the restart. If you fall off, get right back on. Like have something that helps you get back on. If it's a, you know, if you binged on some M&Ms at your coworker's desk, maybe you have that smoothie prepared that you can just go sip on that. So it's not about feeling guilty for what you ate, but it's about recovering from that and moving forward and health. Stay committed and find enjoyment in it. Like if you don't enjoy your routine, like if it doesn't fill you up, You're never gonna do it long-term. This has to be things that you enjoy. And I know while I don't always love to go on a run, I know how good I feel like to my core after that is over, like such a therapy session for me. The driving force for me is the feel good and how it's gonna help me throughout my day, not just instant gratification, but long-term. How do we do this? One is you gotta print that download and start listing out your daily schedule and creating your own routine. 
Other things to keep you going and keep you on the track is one, to keep a fresh perspective. Remember your why. Not what you think you should be doing or what your best friend is doing, but why you're doing this. Like to feel good and stay focused on that. Number two is master that restart like we talked about. If you fall off, get right back on. Like it's not a way to get back on. Get right back on and have some go-tos that will help you do this. For me, it's a good smoothie or a good food, um, going to bed a little bit earlier or just filling in a family walk at night if I miss my workout, like getting back on right away. Number three is starting your morning well and ending your night well, no matter what happens in the in-between because the unexpected will always happen. We can control those times when we're home with outside of our work, when the kids are in bed, and use that time to refuel you. So start your morning well, have a strict routine, morning routine, and an evening routine, And then four is controlling what's in your mind because outside of everything in life, the only thing that we really have control over is our perspective, is our thoughts. So taking control of that, stop worrying so much about what you can't control and control what you have in your mind. And number five is choose joy with that. Remember, shame never comes from a place of healing or of health. Instead of shame, we have to step into grace and respect for who we are and embrace your life, viewing your life from a different lens and knowing that imperfections, falling off, and failing is all a part of being perfectly human. So those are some quick tips to help you stay on track and to get back on track if you do fall off. Creating a wellness routine is not a diet. It's not a fad, but it's really about being self-aware and being willing to change over time. And most importantly, doing what you really deep down desire to do. And I hope for all of us, that means just feeling good. It's not all about what food works for you. It's about your full life picture. So we got to take some time to zoom out on life, to zoom away from our diet and our exercise routine, and just look at our life in general and finding ways that we can fit it in. You don't have to focus on all the areas that I talked about today, but you have to start somewhere. Even if it's just a little thing, choose to start something. Now is the time to make a wellness routine. There's no better time than now. It starts by not flipping your life over or creating more chaos, but lessening the chaos in your life. And for me, that means writing it out. Yes, taking pen to paper, know exactly how you can make this work for ease. Get out of your mind and start making those changes every single day. For me, this looks like getting out of my own way, making that plan, writing it down. Yes, taking physical pen to paper and desiring it, choosing to do it, living with discipline and integrity to say, yes, I respect myself enough to get up and do this because I know that even if I'm tired, it will feel good. And to really form my life around lasting change, not around the quick fix, but lasting change. And that's my hope for you. Remember, I've created a whole entire handout for you to do this yourself and start creating those wellness routines that will last. So make sure you head on over to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 106. That is a wellness routine. This is the wave of the future and I hope you jump on. So I wanna know from you, make sure you leave me an email or leave a comment on the blog post to let me know what is it about your wellness routine that stumbles you? Like what is that hurdle to creating your own wellness routine? And if you've created a wellness routine, what is it that you love so much about it? So make sure you shoot me an email with that and any other questions you have at alexa at simpleritswellness.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And don't forget, head on over to the show notes to get more information. Also, sign up for my mailing list to get all the details on the Simple Cleanse. 
That can be found at simplewordswellness.com backslash 106. And if you have a moment out of your day, I would love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. I will say this on every single podcast because it really is the lifeblood of the show. It helps make it go around and helps find other people who wouldn't otherwise hear about the show to do so and join this community of like-minded people who are here to rise each other up. To leave a rating and review, just head on over to simplewordswellness.com backslash review or find me on iTunes at Simports Radio. You only have to do it once. And like I said, it means the world to me. So thank you so much. And I hope you found this podcast inspiring. And more than that, that you actually take it and put it into action. I'm so glad you're here. I'll be sure to share more about my own wellness routine over in the show notes. And coming up on Simple Roads TV, I'm going to be sharing some of my real life days so you can see how I incorporate all these wellness practices that I do into my everyday life with ease. Like these aren't like I'm not living my life for my health, but rather using health as a means to live my life. So stay tuned for more videos on that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and join my email list. Can you believe that this is the last podcast in the Mindset series? Don't forget to head back and listen to all the other episodes. I mean, it has been so great and so insightful. I hope you have loved it just as much as I have. Coming up on Friday, we have one more podcast in the series of your most embarrassing health questions, which will also wrap up that before we get back to our regularly scheduled podcast. And those questions on Friday's podcast have to do with why sex is painful, getting rid of warts, and thinning hair. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, don't forget to leave a rating and review and head on over to the show notes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and I'll see you on Friday.